What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I am Jim Love, and I am a keynote and motivational speaker. It is episode 45. 45. The and Hustling Sideways podcast. It's also, yeah, good call. That's where we're at, Hustling Sideways podcast. It is, the, uh, I guess, the tail end of the wildness of daylight savings time. And last week sucked. I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was thrown off. I thought Wednesday was Tuesday, and, I thought, and it, was, it was like as if it was a full moon every night. I still have no idea what day it is. <laughs> I have no idea when it gets light out, when uh-uh. it gets dark out anymore. No, there's no rhyme or reason. And to be honest, I don't know where I am most days. Yeah, and so. I actually thought daylight savings time was canceled. Like, I thought that was the thing. I think this is like the a last year ago. one. Like, the, is that like official? Like that we're done? Like, I thought I read a thing that this is the last one. Which is I funny that thing? like we could just dictate time now. <laughs> it's you like, no, we're no longer going to have that happen. But anyway, I'll be a fan of it because like I was all out of sorts. Yeah. Um, the hour of sleep helped, but... Not yeah, I was I was very thrown off. You got um, an hour of sleep. That's nice. The extra, the extra hours. Yeah, yeah I, tried. I tried. I uh I am not a fan of it getting super dark super early. It's quite and depressing. So now yeah. I'm gonna be, I guess, nocturnal for yeah, a while. which doesn't. I mean, you're typically a kind nocturnal of. kind of guy I don't anyway. Know. I'm always up. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we have a great guest today. Yes, here on the show, um, somebody that we've been. Trying to get on for a while. A long time, yes. Uh, the owner of the Cactus Club, owner of Slow Burn Collection as well, uh, your candle company. And she just won a Betty Award. Um, for, I, I read that on when I was preparing. So <laughs> We'll find okay. out what that means here shortly. Yes. Kelsey yes. Kaufman. Hello. Hello. That's your hello. applause track. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Hustling Sideways podcast. Um, congrats on your Betty Thank you kindly. What's a Betty? Yes. Great question. Um, I learned about it when they called me about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is in recognition or in memorial, if you will, to Betty Quadrachi, who is oh. the former editor in chief of Milwaukee Magazine, maybe founder. Not awesome. Totally certain. Yeah. Okay. But she passed sometime in the last decade, and as an acknowledgement of her devotion to community building and the arts and what have you they um established an awards program four years ago okay and, and you and you won one you're the them. recipient and i won one of them yeah totally awesome. um yep was well, it a huge shock when you got the call uh, you know i it's hard to say it's been a, it's been a weird few years so um yeah yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. you are the owner of Cactus Club, but let's let's go back a minute before that. Now it's gonna be weird because we know each other pretty well, yeah. Jim. You're you're going to learn. That's Kelsey's okay. Backstory. I'm here to learn. As we, will everybody. Yes, yes exactly. As, uh, as the audience is too. How did you start booking shows, Kelsey? <laughs> oh, for sure. That's a good or point. like where did you? I guess so. Being involved with the music venue, where did you kind of get your start in music? Let's go with that. For <laughs> sure. So I had a really cool cousin named Freddie who played drums in the uh, church band mm-hmm. at his father's church in Michigan. Okay. Um, the praise team is what they like to call those. Sweet. And um, so between that and that movie, That Thing You Do, uh, I felt very compelled in fifth grade to want to play the drums and then begged my parents for over a year. And then in sixth grade, my friend Peter Murphy, who now plays in a band called Snag in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, he started his first band. And then it was like really the momentum to like, oh, I really want to do this now. <laughs> and so I was probably the most obnoxious child 
Well, the, that's for sure. I was for sure the it's most. It's a, a fact. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely real. Um, but so I started playing drums in sixth grade, and immediately Peter and I were collaborating on organizing shows, and that was just like the logical next step. Like we, we started our separate bands, and now we're gonna meet other people, and we're gonna go play with them in their parents' garages, or um, go to Stoughton, Wisconsin. That was our first uh, out of town show. Was at Ooh. the Stoughton Youth Center. Oh, I um, did not know that the players come to play. Yeah, and like honestly, that. I don't know if it still exists, but like uh, these types of spaces are. It's. I mean, it's. I haven't. I guess kept up in the last few years about what's going on, but like. Um, thinking about how important even the Legion Halls were to us growing mm-hmm. up and like this like formative space that wasn't necessarily like an intended use. The veterans weren't like, can't wait to host a bunch of like annoying punk kids. Right. <laughs> but it was a function where they could generate income, keep their things sustainable. We had a space that could be all ages where it was otherwise so prohibitive. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if Stoughton Youth Center is still around. There's a spot in Mequon called the Logoman Center. Um, where we did shows, and there was a, yeah, a long time ago, North Shore Hardcore was a thing. Okay. Um, and that kind of predated my time, but I was on, like, the heels of it and thought it was really cool. I'm sure there's YouTube footage of, because I, I was a Shorewood Legion Hall kid once in a while. I can't even <laughs> claim it, because I was there, like, maybe two or three times. That was for sure my go-to spot. And we'd, like, even when we were going, Mad Planet used to do all-ages shows, but um, I my parents weren't so enthusiastic about me going there. And so we'd all say we were going to Shore Legion regardless of where we were going and then walk around and think we were uh, cool kids from there. How many but, people show up to these shows? Like, like when you I mean, it varied from 35 people to 300 people. That's and like really that, cool. I mean, that was like an yeah. early lesson of like capacity constraints and how we <laughs> conceive of that. But also when you're all in middle school or high school, yeah. um, people in general are like, much smaller and more apt to really cram in together. So yeah. in retrospect, it's pretty wild. And then I ended up going to a wedding there maybe like eight or nine years ago. And it was really wild walking into the space and realizing how much smaller it is in actuality mm. or was in actuality relative to like my memory tiny, of like yeah. what that meant and yeah. the significance and formative mm-hmm. times that were there. Yeah, for sure. So you... Got your start booking those shows, booking Legion Halls and small Logoman Center, all things like that. When does Cactus Club come into the picture for you? I mean, when you totally so um, daughters played there with I think Since by Man, um, and it was an all ages show. And Eric, the former owner of Cactus, did a handful of all ages shows, mostly because artists were really interested in it. But the city made it very, very difficult and annoying to do. But mm-hmm. there was like a handful of situations where they made it make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so I went to a show there. I have no idea what year that is. If I had to guess somewhere in like 2009 vicinity, but I could be totally wrong. And then I was playing in a band, uh, at the time that was touring a lot. And so Eric invited us to play there. So maybe the daughter show was actually like closer to 2005 or 2006. I don't know. It was probably after the renovation, though. Hard to say. Time, time um, means nothing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So as yeah, when I was a really uh, delinquent youth, at some point I went there, and then I was invited back to play there, and Cougardin played there. I think twice. Okay. Um, before. And you were in Cougardin, right? Yeah. So I okay. played drums in a band called Cougardin that we started in high school. With okay. Two other awesome. People. Awesome. Okay. Um, and when you start working there, then. At what point, like obviously playing there, everybody I feel like in a Milwaukee band at some point gets to play Cactus Club. For sure. Um, so I 
went to study in Egypt on my 21st birthday. And a few months after I left, I got a random Facebook message from Eric um, who wanted me to work happy hours. Um, And so it was just like this very random. I was still studying abroad. I originally was just going to go for a semester and then I ended up extending it. Um, for almost a year Mm. Uh, but yeah that was what prompted it so the summer when I got back having no bartending experience but at that time it (laughs) super didn't matter whether or not you had experience because it was very much like beer and shot style right um and I don't mean that in a belittling way it was just yeah yeah it is what it is it's a cool atmosphere at that point with a a stage in the back yeah (laughs) totally um so I started doing happy hours on Fridays and Saturdays back in 2011 okay so wow a, a big transition forward. Um, man. Okay. So you're booking shows there or you're bartending first. When does booking shows, I guess, kind of come into the fold too? For sure. So I, at or that point, was, how about this? Oh, I, yep. sorry. No, how no. about this? I'm just thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. it through my head. I'm like, when did somebody discover that you booked shows? Because that's what happened yeah. with me. It was people discovered that I booked shows and then I kind of started doing it with other places. Eric learned I booked shows before I went to Egypt. Uh, he was very frustrated that uh, I, quote unquote, stole a lightning bolt show from him, which oh. I wasn't even aware of at the time that people bid for shows. I didn't know anything about it as far as I was concerned. You just set up shows as a means to doing something like, right. oh, I want to go to Minneapolis. Therefore, but, yeah. I'm going to reach out to a friend who lives in Minneapolis and they're going to figure out a show at a friend's house or a space. And it's just like, it was never um, conceived of as like a deal and a contract and money. It was just like, oh yeah, the money was like the part that made it possible, but it was never right. like the yeah. preoccupation. So I mean, it's really competitive to get to get folks at your at your venue. No, no, I, I wouldn't even say it was not so much that I just was like pretty oblivious and I was sure. doing it from like a standpoint of like, these are my friends and this is what my friends do. Um, oh and God. so like with the lightning bolts show specifically, it was in the, what is now the Pritzloff space. But at that time it was before the Pritzloff got like a total makeover. Yeah. And so there were like my ad kids that had studio spaces for 600 bucks a month. Oh. And so we rented Pritzloff, uh, or like a, a, a section of the Pritzloff, which is probably... I don't know how they designate it, but like maybe a third of what the main big space is on the right. first floor uh, for like 150 bucks to help offset our friends rent for the studio spaces. <laughs> and John the Savage played and 300 folks came out. And at the end of the night when we were doing the deal, I was like, OK, you guys get a thousand dollars. They get two hundred dollars. They get two hundred dollars. They get two hundred dollars. And the headlining artist, Lightning Bolt, was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. no, that's all like our money. And I was like no, that's not how this works. This needs to be more equitable. There's another touring man and the locals brought people. And, right. But it was all like word of mouth style, like where there was never a contract. I don't even think we really talked about terms, which in retrospect, I'm like, well, that was the booking agent's fault. Like, that's not my fault. I was right. a 19-year-old mm-hmm. drunk. Like, that's whatever. Right. Yeah, you didn't know any better, um, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know up from down. And like, yeah. to be honest, I never, I'm still learning a lot. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was definitely like, self-taught didn't have like there was no like real transition to me booking at cactus it happened more um out of necessity because eric got sick and so it was just like his girlfriend came to me and was like yo can you help out with emails and we kind of both thought it was going to be for like a couple weeks or a couple months and didn't really know what was at stake at that point for sure um but at the same time like a week and a half after that conversation my dad got sick and so when i found out about 
the severity of his um, health, I ended up dropping out of my graduate program and then just kind of like leaned real heavily unexpectedly into this role, not even knowing what the role was, mm-hmm. but it was just like, right. sure, I guess we're going to fill up a calendar so that we have things to do so we don't have to think about <laughs> our like way, real day-to-day lives. Or... Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, yeah, I wasn't even so conscientious of that, but in retrospect, it's like, oh, that's... That's what was happening. It's funny. Sometimes life changes dictate a direction that you're going. Like, like this is this is where I'm at now. I have to dive into this and learn. And and I'm sure you made a couple mistakes. And you're like, won't do that again. And now, oh, I've never made a mistake. Yeah, that's exactly. None of us have. Yeah, all trial by fire. Yes. Always coming out. I mean, hey, there's no mistakes. There's just lessons. That's okay? right. There are just okay. lessons. That's true. I appreciate that mindset. <laughs> um, that of course leads to you know down the line. Of course, booking shows, doing things. Eventually, you get to this point, it's 2020, and somebody uh, you wanted to, well, you were owning, you became the owner of Cactus Club. I, I mean, yeah, so 2019, by 2019, it was like evident that um, there was a handful of us working there who were doing all of the operational work, and it was like, this isn't sustainable, this doesn't make sense, there should be mm-hmm. more agency amongst and compensation frankly uh amongst those working here mm-hmm. what are our options and we talked about worker-owned co-ops and just like kind of went around the world of like what made sense and somehow i decided without really thinking a terribly large amount about what it was or what it entailed was like okay i'm gonna feverishly pursue buying this um and running it and then figuring out from there what that means or makes sense and um but prior to that was when slow burn collection got in the mix was i didn't think that the sale was ever gonna go through okay. and so i had been apprenticing uh with my friend pecha who has a business called beehive alchemy okay um and when i didn't think it was gonna go through i was like okay well i'll just do this candle hustle for the winter and then i'll get a job with bernie sanders and then everything's gonna be fine <laughs> and Obviously, uh, a few of those things didn't go in that order. Um, but so the candle thing, though, was just like kind of a backup plan as Slow Burn Collection. It was supposed to, and supposed to be and is um, less so like an entrepreneurial business venture and more just like a meditative practice that's fun, that's playful, that we can share with people. So mm, it like started yeah. before even we conceived of the name was just like me giving like apprenticing for this person, but then just like making a ton of gifts from my friends and family and just like playfully experimenting. And that's still what it kind of remains. Only I can't just give everything away. (laughs) Right. I I like when they start like that. It's like you, you find joy in it. You're able to give it to people who also find joy. And all of a sudden that grows into like, Oh, I may have an actual product here that I can now, you know, sell a little bit. Like that's, I like how it starts organically because you never got into something like that to make money. It's like, this is cool. And I absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I like be all end all is like taking Mm -hmm. trips internationally so that we can, like explore where different essences and fragrance essences are manufactured or harvested or whatever it may be. Okay. So it starts kind of like a hobby side hustle thing. Like when did, I mean, when did you kind of get into the more than just like being like, Oh, let's make a candle or two. When did it kind of feel like, okay, we can get into like making fragrances Mm -hmm. and making your like creating that way. Totally. So we've been doing fragrance stuff too, as part of, before um before 2019 and then in fall of 2019 where I really didn't know what was the next chapter or page or whatever that's when we're like okay well I guess let's see what happens like let's make a fall color collection and let's just like 
run it up and uh, establish a few relationships with folks we trust in uh, as far as like wholesalers Mm. Um, and just did a bunch of markets. But it was, yeah, it was just kind of saying yes to friends. Yeah. Um, And so the name came from... The name was the name of the fragrance, so it had nothing to do with... It was, like, kind of accidentally a double entendre because beeswax is the premium wax. It is the slowest-burning wax relative okay. to, like, paraffin or soy. Yeah. Um, I always think of mind your own beeswax is the first thing I, I think. Right, that's where I would <laughs> like have Like, the phrase when I, was, when I was seven used to say to all my I friends because that was so cool. Yeah, I don't I know think. much about the roots of that one. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the name was more just about the fragrance, and for me, it was like felt um, really nostalgic and really like human, and like uh, I got super in over my head with regards to like learning about fragrance because it's like the most underattended sense uh, sense in like the United States. Like no one gives a shit unless it's like sterile synthetic like cream. Uh, clean green apple like from bath and body work and like what does that even mean yeah but like uh so just like exploring like how and scents or scents are really connected to memory and like thinking about like what's evocative and what do we respond to and what do we think is hot and like what what are associations and why so that's that's what like the tangent of that part of the project was was just like damn there's so much to think about and learn and like top notes heart notes base notes like these different um different ingredients can form this composite that then as natural fragrance too responds differently to everyone's body chemistry so you and i can put on the same fragrance in the morning and 15 minutes later we smell totally differently because our body chemistry is responding to what's in it which i think is like such a trip it's so tight i've I've learned something here yeah sure i had had no idea um were you always somebody that was crafty like growing up too no by any means would you consider no no i just uh i definitely have like um a bizarre attention span where i like jump (laughs) head first and so it's like less so it like i would uh reluctant to like identify as an artist because i think there's folks that like wake up and have to create and like the creative practice is like part like of what has to happen and for me, that feels like almost secondary um, to traveling and to relationship formation and to like just like the idea of like growth and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no, not intrinsically. It's almost crafty. like a product of what you just you know, like the fact that you dedicate your time to travel to relationships. The the, the product then becomes you want to dive into something a little bit different or something that really makes you know that gives you passion or gives you something. To For be sure, it's in. just like a lane. That's uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I like the way you described with taking over, um, um, oh my goodness, uh, the uh, what is it, the Cactus Club? Wow, I just had a, I had a brain cramp. No, that's I'm sorry. Okay. Um, it, like you were like, I'm not really sure, and then you said I feverishly went into making it happen, and it was almost like, well, I'm not sure, and then you were all of a sudden like, that's the thing I want to do. Like, that, totally, that's really without cool. thinking about all yeah. of the implications of what it entailed, it was just like, well, this is the next logical yeah. step, yeah. and right. like it's a for sure a blessing, and um, I'm misfortune sometimes i mean so part of what we talk about on the show is obviously side hustles but it also involves passion projects and Mm -hmm. things like that so like i'm sensing and even from knowing you i'm like okay incredibly driven but now i'm even sensing more of like oh she just literally dove headfirst and went for so 
lots of learning curves along the way. What we're talking th- about cactus. We're talking. I mean, anything. I mean, yeah, either. there's yeah. lots of learning curves for sure. Um, what do you think was like a big life lesson that you kind of got out of it, or like a like what was like the hardest curveball that you might have gotten that is not called COVID? Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I I mean, I'm bad with like uh, superlatives, like hardest or biggest or best. But I had like a pretty wild eureka moment um, about a month ago where we're working on forming this nonprofit Cactus Plus. And uh, that's going to be basically everything that's accessory to a conventional venue. So all of our educational outreach, all of our youth cultivation and uh, work for like uh, industry um, development, if you will, uh, our accessibility initiatives all sort of tied into this nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And in establishing a nonprofit, I didn't really think about how many tentacles and bureaucratic uh, intricacies go into even just like the application of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who is a deeply trusting person once I like get to like and know someone enough, like right. uh, in an intuitive that way, but deeply distrusting of institutions. <laughs> and I would like. Uh, had this research have this research assistant for the project, and so we had been sort of agonizing about these little details for a hundred hours, and thinking about it and then being like, you know, maybe I could just pay the expert, the lawyer, the person that has this trained knowledge, who could in fifteen minutes sort of outline this, and maybe it would be expensive as all hell. But maybe I wouldn't be questioning at the end of the day the hundred hours that we've put into like, and I feel like pretty confident in this, but like having some assurance. And it was like this, like kind of like aha, like okay, we don't need to reinvent every real wheel mm-hmm. every time. And there's a lot of really valid reasons for a lot of deep distrust of yeah. institutions. Um, but at the same time, there like can be a time and a place where like call on the expert and then like <laughs> and like call out who in your community might have access to that where it does like there are lots of different types of exchanges, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think all three of us kind of have that Mm -hmm. same thing of like, maybe not to that level, but some somewhat of like, all right, if you want to do it, we're just going to do it ourselves. You know what I mean? I think, I think a lot of people that have businesses, side businesses, they just think like, I think that's a common thing that we've gotten from a lot of our guests being like, what if we just did it? Yeah. And so the hard part of that is then, like dissociating from that a little bit and being like somebody else can take this aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause like, there, yeah, there's a sense of like autonomy and you can, you can go and like, you know what? Like I'm going to stop doubting. I'm just going to start doing and just right. have that. But then you realize you got to rely on your people sometimes too. Oh yeah. Like, you know, the folks that are subject matter experts or like can get that part done. You may have to pay for it, but you know what you're going to get is really good, but you still have the vision and the passion in mind to continue, you know, like you, you have that one goal, you may just need a little bit of help and that's, yeah. and that's okay. That's and like, you can, you know. maybe it won't be really good, but you can vet a few people yeah. to ensure that like the outcome makes sense. And that, that part I think is really, really, totally. um, hard to over or like easy to overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important to just like acquiesce. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, I mean, I, people are afraid to ask for help a lot, and especially I'm people, afraid to ask for help. you know, yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's not, it's not easy. And, and once you realize that like, that's, that's part of being a leader of an you know manager, what you know, owner, whatever you want to call I it. Hate is, leaders is for going. record. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But I know that they they're they're able you know it, being able to ask for help and and, and source the question um, and and get better you know better minds in the same room as you is always always a big part of the process. I would consider you a leader. Yes, me too. Uh, Not me. I would <laughs> think so because you do a lot of stuff. So we we can kind of touch on this too. Mm-hmm. 
part of what you're doing with Cactus Club is not only making it a music venue, it is a community space and and being much more inclusive than most venues, I would say, just in general. Mm-hmm. Not even I mean, there's great venues in Milwaukee. I don't wanna like you know Yeah, no, and it's not competition. For yeah, sure. exactly. Like- but like I think what you're doing is make you know, you have artist markets and you have makers markets and you know, film screenings and things that are like just programs that bring the community together. And that's something that you don't necessarily think of when you think music venue exactly. at all. For yeah. sure. So, like, I mean, I think part of that comes from being incredibly driven, though. And someone has to do something at the top. And I think you're that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, too, I think we're trying to create a model that can demonstrate how a collaborative framework can enable and does enable uh, folks to sort of take the reins and do programming on their own accord. And that, mm-hmm. for me, it's, like, so less so about being, like, my space, my club, like, this is for me, or, like, my taste. Because, uh, frankly, we do a lot of stuff that I do not care about, but mm-hmm. I think is important to exist. Um, but where am I going with this? Um, I think just demonstrating that can be this is amorphous platform for many different mediums, for many different mm-hmm. types of folks. That to me is like more exciting. Less so is it like a, a symptom of like leadership and more so just like an acknowledgement of like so, so often spaces are gatekept in such a way that it's not an option. So it's yeah. like, like uh, less so dictated terms and more so just like making space for others to come into the fold, Be if that makes sense. Thing. That's For great. Sure. And people are following that lead. I mean, I think the, the vision you set forward is what is what's making it successful and everyone feels like they have a space yeah. in your space, if you will, which yeah. is which is big. And then now it's become a community. The people's space. Yes. And yes. to your point too, I am very much the same where we mm-hmm. have, you know, there's stuff that we cover on Breaking Entering that it might not be my cup of tea. <laughs> but we, but that's not to say like I should dismiss that and totally throw that out the window because that might be their window to somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I think I, when I see Cactus Club, I see a lot of things that happen that might open some doors for somebody else down the line because they came to one event at your place and they never knew that this whole world existed. Mm-hmm. Like you guys did like a zine fest or something, right? The one time. Am I, am I completely wrong on that? We've done, yeah, different Xena fe- like events. I, I think uh, what you're talking about might have gotten moved um, to the Bayview Community Center because it was like a crazy rainstorm. Oh well, uh, mess that you day. had. You but were yes. around. You were involved with it. that. Yeah. And to be like some kid that might want to write, might see this and go, "Oh, I can start a zine now." Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like they can start their thing because they know that there's actually people out there that do those sorts of things or do something similar and they have a place now yeah, for that. in their backyard too you know like yeah. i mean you could see one on tv or something or whatever but like this is in their community specifically made for people who think like them which, yeah. which is huge and if you find that as like a kid there's i mean that's that's when a passion starts and, yeah uh, and to, to, to develop a place for people can do that is really cool yeah and i assume why an award was was uh was was given <laughs> a big part of it at least yeah a big part of it um as well I, as your work with you know all ages shows and things yeah. like that like to, to and on that tip though i think the common thread or what i keep coming back to with the space and why the space and what's the point of the space is permission giving. And I think mm-hmm. that's another thing yeah. societally that's so rarely or um, discursively happens where it's like, no, we can explicitly say like, 
no, you should do what you want. You should think about what you want and you can be what you want. And you, as you are, are enough and that's okay. And mm-hmm. like come right. and like sort of like exhale in that, um, I think is really uh, unfortunately rare. And so I, I think totally permission agree. giving in yep. general, whether it's for any creative practice or whatever it may be is really, really um, an important part of our picture. There's a quote here that I, that summarizes in my head a little bit what you just said, but, um, and that's not for me. This is a quote. I think that's pretty famous, but when you, when you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same thing. Okay. So like you setting up that space, showing them what you're good at along with your friends and everyone that works there gives them the permission quotes. to go in and, and yeah, I, I have, this is actually the background of my phone. Oh, okay. I was like, like I, I wish I could, I wish I could I just have... pull quotes like that. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, I, I memorize cool quotes. That's what you do as a speaker. You memorize them and you bring them out and be like, I said that. I made that quote. I know. I'm kidding. But um, that's said by someone. But essentially, you know, allowing your yourself to shine and giving the space to do so lets people know that they're free to, to have it. The permission that you mentioned. That's really important. And a lot yeah. of people, to your point, don't feel like, unfortunately, in this world, don't feel like they have that. And to have a space specifically dedicated to arts uh, is something that we, I think we need pretty badly. So yeah. that's great. And it's now a, a technically a performance, performing arts center, center. for performing center arts. For performing arts. So part of what Kelsey had done mm-hmm. is helped change some of the legislature in Milwaukee County that uh, to allow for all ages venues because they can be classified as a performing arts space. I know I'm paraphrasing. There's a lot no, more no, to no, it. No, yeah. no, no. That's a great paraphrase. It's not that much more involved. I mean, it's like it was a stupid yeah, code uh, that was amended. The yeah. designation was like it had something to do with the bar. And because you had a stage, like you could technically not do an all ages show because there was a bar. Um, Got it. And there was not, I don't know. For what I, a 1200 I, yeah. square foot stage that's oh yeah yeah there was that, a size that, that used to be the designation is like that was a threshold or yeah. you needed um it wasn't the it wasn't uh termed two-dimensional but like visual art um as validated and verified by professional art critics or like something <laughs> like the phrasing was just very Wild. like obscure lettering as to like yeah. how what constitutes a performing art space, and so like they would do uh, all ages shows and have to take every bottle of booze out of the club. Oh yeah, uh, to the basement, not to out. the basement, to the and basement. then you had to cover all the the, the napkin coolers. holders. Oh, yeah, my they, gosh. yeah, like we cover the coolers. Uh, so God forbid uh, the young people see. Uh, beer in coolers even though they can see that at a yeah. grocery yeah, store yeah or like anywhere or, or a baseball game yeah. or a movie theater yeah all the places um, so. <laughs> so i would say that that is that's yeah, also that's leadership great. too a little bit uh-huh. too like we're gonna to keep calling you a leader change. you're gonna have to deal with it i'm like collaborative organizing <laughs> there you movement go movement yes. building this is what all synonyms here. that's we're good I mean, it all, it all, you're initiating change, which is like the big thing. And and it's doing something that takes some bravery. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a lot of bravery to make that happen. Um, Where do you want to push it though? Where do you want to, what, what areas are you pursuing now of like the next phases of cactus? The next phases of Great question. So we're going to the state level. Uh, You heard it first. We're going to change the way the bathroom code is written such that we do not need to have. Uh, gendered bathrooms and presently that is absolutely codified at the state level um, in antiquated international plumbing code and there's mm-hmm. lots of states and counties that have written um, exemptions or uh, redefinitions or um, like excuse mm-hmm. my um, 
not legal jargon for it. But uh, fundamentally, I want Cactus Club with the nonprofit to be able to accomplish a building addition. Our building's 140 years old Mm -hmm. and it's not even anywhere near accessible. So as much as we can say we're so welcoming and sweet and inclusive, we don't have a ramp to the front door. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's in a mobility device, they can't use our bathrooms. And that's absolutely shameful, embarrassing. And I'm the first to admit it. And I've been saying it, but at the same time, the last few years haven't been conducive to saving money. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in a renovation, which as a for-profit small music venue would never be possible. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the impetus of launching the nonprofit in addition to programming initiatives. Um, But so with that, uh, hopefully in the next, not hopefully, next year we'll start doing some like massive fundraising and hopefully get some building blueprints and proposals out so folks can kind of visualize what we're talking about but ideally i'd like to do one all gender six stall bathroom where think of it if depending on uh, your lifestyle fancy gas stations or fancy (laughs) restaurants like uh capital grill like floor to ceiling single stall nice but then it can be a shared trough sink um and there's no reason with the right oversight with the right um staffing and cultural expectations and norms and whatever 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 that this one um makes sense and for people that do have gendered bathrooms especially depending on what the show is like why are you waiting in line to use a restroom where the other one is empty like it's so stupid like it doesn't make any sense even from like a capitalist efficiency standpoint it's like dumb and bad right so um so that's the next big hurdle is figuring out who I need to talk to at the state level to try and uh, get this bathroom code changed so that the city of Milwaukee can say, oh, great, green light. Of course you guys <laughs> should do this. Yeah. Um, because when I talked to them about it a couple of summers ago, they absolutely laughed at me and were like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I mean, it takes people like you to mm-hmm. discover these things because I think neither Jim nor I mm-hmm. knew that this was even like a thing. No. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people don't know that it's a thing unless you, you know, own a venue or, mm-hmm. and you like trip into these like situations. Yeah. And then generally for most well-adjusted folks are like, who would have the capacity to battle this? I mean, similarly this summer we had a small win where previously, uh, if we put in, if we snapped our fingers, you gave me uh, 50 grand to put in a ramp to the front door and we did it tomorrow, the city would have charged us about three to $500 a year because it's adjacent to the public right-of-way, which mm-hmm. means it betresses the sidewalk. It doesn't go okay. into the sidewalk, but it betresses it. And therefore, you need um, a special... Special use permit, special special something. Mm-hmm. But you How have dare to pay. You be allowed to have people with, get you, in with a wheelchair, right? Yeah. You ha- but you have to pay an annual yeah. fee, and that's what was. I when I found out about this, I was like, wait a minute. So not only is it prohibitively expensive, you don't have any incentives, grants, whatever, to um, to help support folks that want to pursue this. But if I voluntarily make accessibility improvements, you're going to penalize me with this perverse policy where I'm yeah. have. And I was like, this is so appalling and fucked up. And like, yeah. but no, again, no one would mm-hmm. know. Like, why, why would we know? We'd have no reason right. to yeah. know. I don't know what special permit, proof, whatever that mm-hmm. anyone, any other business yeah, pays. Exactly. And I'm sure there's all sorts of other crazy stuff. But so that was one thing that like, once that was revealed, I was like, I can't, even if I never have money to ever get a ramp, like this can't be for the sake of the books on the books. Right. Um, so they did end up. You still have to pay a one, the first time fee, but then there is no annual 
uh, yeah, they don't keep that. charging you to have something that That's, should just make sense. To yeah. Right, and it's for the public benefit and like services the greater culture of yeah a city that whatever. <laughs> Jim, this is what happens when Kelsey and I get together. Is when we it's do good. get the chance to hang out because our schedules are always crazy and both of us kind of catch each other in passing. Uh, usually, I end up meeting her at Cactus for a minute while she's bartending or something, <laughs> and then I have to go somewhere. All right, but when we get onto these like tangents of like. This is really dumb. Why does this exist? But the problem is, my I leave it at the door, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is really dumb. I, thought I, should, shocked, but I, won't do I should do something. No, Kelsey that's is not the kind true. of person that goes and, and makes it that's happen. That's self-deprecating in a way that doesn't make sense. That's not true. You are very consistently, reliably showing up for artists and helping them as a springboard and using your platform as a springboard. And that's I, super I will real. accept that. Take it. That. Take I will it. accept yes. that. Yeah, in a city that doesn't have any real music coverage in general, historically has done such an, with the exception of Evan and a few others. But like, the, <laughs> uh, what you're doing absolutely services a lot of folks. So well, I think we'll shout, shout out that in this moment. Well, what you're doing Is helps a lot of people. Is that how a podcast works? Yes. You like shout out? Yeah, I know. Keep out. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just keep, yeah, we just yeah, keep complimenting each other. It's like a compliment other. off. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, you're doing things that help people. You're doing things that help people, Jim. You're <laughs> yeah, helping a lot of yes. people. <laughs> Everyone's helping everyone. We're all helping. Yes. So go help someone today. Uh, Kelsey, if people want to get in touch with you or like what you're doing with Cactus, where's the best place to go find you guys, learn about what you're doing? I'm obsessed with people showing up i think it's like the easiest way to actually have a real conversation and put a face to a name and an idea and for a variety of reasons it's not possible for some folks to show up and i hear hear and feel that and there are obviously other ways to communicate but um i really for those that are able want to encourage folks to like come have conversations and it's like an aged old timeless um means of like trust building and relationship formation and there's like so much to be gleaned from one another and it's so easy for us to like get lost on our dumbass screens mm-hmm. and like not do it because it's vulnerable and scary and we are out of practice and whatever um so that's one thing i bartend most friday nights after 8 p.m and so awesome. that is like absolutely yeah. a, a time to introduce yourself and kick it um but other than that, we do have a website that's pretty uh, robust and engaging. So depending on what you're looking to do, if you want an internship, you can email us about that. If you want a job, you can email us about that. If you want a suggestion, like we should have sharks containers in the bathrooms because somebody had recently suggested that, which I think is really astute and cool and we are pursuing. Um, yeah, there's there's a number of ways to email. And sometimes we're bad at emails. And so uh, I encourage you to email again if you've emailed and didn't hear back. <laughs> it's not pesky, pesky, whatever the word is. Um, just, yeah, be uh, be persistent if you care about something. And also awesome. Cactus Club MKE on Instagram, Twitter, and I think Facebook as well is the same thing. And TikTok recently. Oh, yeah. And TikTok oh, recently. Geez. Don't mind me. So... <laughs> There we go. He's so stunned by knock the worm. Yes, make no, him, knock uh, it over. Kelsey, this has been a blast. This is yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for we. I meant to talk slow burn. I swear the the candle company, and now we are here <laughs> and talking about all this other great stuff that you do as well. Um, so thank you for doing that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of and we'll have some candles this fall. Um, so we'll do some holiday market stuff. You'll see Love us around. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even what though we're the, like dead on. What is the Slowburn Instagram? <laughs> uh, a Slowburn collection. But we've been like super inactive in that way. But that's okay. I think that's also uh, 
an important thing to give permission for is that you don't have to be active all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. digitally or interpersonally. That's okay to Agreed. step back and then yeah. hop in. Um, and I think normalizing and embracing that instead of trying to compete for whatever. Uh, Likes, attention, views. Yeah, whatever it may be. It's just like, do it when it feels right. And I I think too often we put pressure on ourselves to just like try and continue to like meet fictitious expectations that Mm -hmm. we self-assign. You can be authentically yourself. You that's can. That's the theme that's of the phrase. Talk. That's it. So I it works all, all works together. <laughs> so um, thank you so much. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, thank you. Welcome. Hello. Yes. Uh, we put this out all the time as well. Mm-hmm. We're here every other Monday with a guest. And then in between that, we're talking about things that uh, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, all of those things go through. Um, you can find Hustling Sideways wherever you get your podcast. So please like, subscribe, do all the things. Five stars. Got to rate us five stars. Yep. Legally, that's the Correct. only one you're allowed to one. give us. That's, yes, that's right. That is, that is how that well, works. Well, we've cleared that up since yeah. Yeah, they won. I don't know. We haven't yet. Maybe we can get Kelsey on it. You can change <laughs> yeah. the rule. Legally, you got to give us five stars. Um, also, you can find Hustling Sideways on Facebook, Twitter. We're on Instagram, YouTube. We are on TikTok now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sharing all sorts of stuff. Let's go. So, yeah, make sure you check it out. Uh, go help somebody do some great work like Kelsey's doing. And uh, we'll see you next time on Hustling Sideways. Jim? Keep on hustling. <laughs>